Atheists fill my inbox with plenty of interesting and complicated topics, and I picked one very special and interesting one to talk with you guys about. I'm Ethan Foster. This is Common Sense Christianity. Alright, yo, so this this um podcast episode isn't gonna last as long as usual, hopefully. Uh, we'll just have to see what God makes me do here. And remember to do the verse of the day today. Hopefully I'll start remembering, but I think you guys have already given up on me. But first, if you have any questions, email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram account. Upload on there every weekend. And guys, make sure you're praying over this coronavirus pandemic. Uh, having to do school online, everything shut down, stuck in my house. Hopefully, I'll be able to upload more content for you guys to enjoy. And our verse of the day comes from Romans 3, 21 through 22. But now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. That is a beautiful verse, beautiful what Paul is writing there. So, again, Virtual Willis is a brilliant atheist. I love him. He... He just gets my mind thinking on every topic. And he has got my mind thinking about uh, the argument that I use for these for the existence of God. So it, it started like this on my latest um, YouTube video. Uh, and it's about Ben is Ben Shapiro anti-American. And then I respond to his comment um, later in that video. And he says, let's keep it simple. Can something exist without a cause? And I say, anything that is natural can't. Because I knew where he was going with this. And he he goes with this by um, saying, so that would make your answer uh, yes, right? Can something exist without a cause? And, I w- and he says, I would say, yes, something can exist without a cause. And it's very complicated to think about. And it almost sounds hypocritical when I say this. So the whole point that he's about to make, and I'll read it to you in a sec, is that God cannot be the first cause because he requires a cause in and of itself, or else he's breaking natural law. My whole point is is that there has to be a first cause to start the line of causes, and that the first cause cannot have a cause because if everything has a cause, then you would have to go back to an eternal universe, which has also already been disproven. Atheists don't accept that position anymore. So I say to him, well, okay, my whole point is, is that God is the first cause. And he says, okay, I have a challenge for you. Ask me a yes or no question. It could be something silly or meaningless, or it can be something deeper or complex, anything you want. So I thought about this for a sec. For a sec and then I just asked, all right, do you think that will bring the dinosaurs back? It's been a question that gener- that I'm generally curious about. And he says, yes, I think that we will bring the dinosaurs back. I didn't need to add a bunch of caveats or qualifiers to my answer. I just answered yes. I'm fully confident that if, if needed, I could give you further details to expand my answer. I'm not worried that I'm going to get trapped into a corner and or anything, so I don't need to give myself escape clauses for my answer. See what I'm getting at? Now contrast that with the way Christian apologists typically answers a difficult question that is posed to them. 
Have you ever just heard a confident yes or no when they answer? Maybe here and there, but I bet you you've already noticed the same thing. I have. They already know the weaknesses that they will have to defend, so they preemptively start laying the groundwork for the argument that they know is coming. They already see the corner they are backing into. They already know they will need a way out. Almost like a kid who's gotten caught in a lie, they already know when mom and dad start asking questions which ones they will have to wiggle their way out of so they don't get in trouble. An innocent kid doesn't do that. It would never occur to them that they would need to. And I respond, I see what you're saying, but I honestly see no problem in setting groundwork for a difficult position I have. Some things can't be just be answered with yes or no because it oversimplifies the issue, which I think is exactly correct what I said there. I stand by that comment because you can't just say yes or no um, to does God require cause. No, he does not. But he was spinning it up into something so he can try and trap me here. So I have to set the groundwork for it because you can't just answer yes or no for the cause question. Yes, what we observe in the universe um, is everything requires a cause. But that cause has to start somewhere. And I could pose the same thing with him. What caused the universe to come into existence? Was it nothing? Was it something? You don't know. I don't know. So let, let's discuss the most likely possibility. And if I say there would have to be a creator and you say th that creator needs a cause and I say that that creator is eternal so it doesn't need a cause, what is the problem with that? And then he leaves me this um, big old comment that um, I, uh, I haven't responded to yet. He says, that's true, but in this case, we are dealing with fundamental rules about nature and reality. Something is either possible or it's not possible, either true or not true. I think something is possible, like the existence without the need for a cause. Then you can just say no. Remember the invisible dragon thing we talked about a few weeks ago? The person who said the invisible dragon already knew the excuses he would have to give the person asking him questions about it. Somewhere, maybe even subconsciously, the person with the dragon knew that there was some pretty fundamental problems with the claim he was making. And he had prepared in advance to knock each one of them down with a plausible sounding excuse. That wasn't a testament to the strength of his argument. It was for anyone who knew what to look for, a glaring red flag for how flawed the claim was, how deeply into the corner the person had been back. When you listen to Christian apologists, you know what to listen for, as you know, as you do now. You are going to start noticing this same thing over and over. You can't, you almost can't help but hear it once it's pointed out. You have to ask yourself, why do they do this? I don't know. I've started to suspect that some of them are painfully aware of the problems with the arguments they are making, but still continue to go through the motions of making them. Go watch William Lane Craig. Give a few uh, openings to a debate. Does that sound like a person who is passionate and confident in their position, or does it sound like he's bored and just reading the same script without any real emotional connection to it? So he... One of my few criticisms of virtual will is, is that he always goes to what the Christian apologists say uh, in order to criticize uh, my thinking. I'm not a Christian apologist. I don't like the title. I'm just a dude 
who wants to get the truth, who wants to talk about the truth, talk about things that I am interested in. And I am willing to have my mind change. I've had my mind change on things before. But criticizing people who I who I love to listen to, William Lane Craig, Frank Turk, I love those guys. And he mentions Lee Strobel um, in some of his comments. I love those guys. Uh, and I love them because they really do explain a lot of things for me. doesn't make it true, but their arguments make sense. Sometimes atheist arguments make sense too. Uh, but I do think William Lane Craig sounds passionate. He has a bit stranger sound of a, of a voice. I'll admit that. So do I. Uh, but I don't see what the argument here is. You can't just say to someone, and I used to make this mistake when I first started learning how to debate atheists. Uh, you can't just say that I don't think you actually believe in this because you don't really know. Uh, do William, is William Lane Craig a Christian? Does he believe this stuff? I would think so. Why would you spend your whole career working on this stuff? You would probably benefit more if you were an atheist. Uh, just saying my honest opinion on that. Uh, why would I do this? I receive no benefit. I don't make any money from this podcast. If I do, if I did, that would be great, but it would just be a bonus to it. I do this because I'm generally interested into it. I don't have thousands upon thousands of listeners. I don't even have hundreds of listeners. I'll give you guys the statistics. For this podcast, we have received a total of 750 plays, an average of 13 plays per episode. That's not something I can make a living on in the future. That's not something uh, I can go and brag about. But I don't care. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. As long as one person listens to these episodes, I will keep making them. Because, one, it's something that I'm passionate about. But, two, you do not know the effect that you will have on people's lives. That one person or 10,000 people. And while I tell you guys to grow this podcast, while I tell you guys to go tell people about this podcast so they can learn more about Christ and uh, our beliefs and start thinking about these things, personally, I'm not discouraged by the um by the lack of plays cuz I personally don't care. I do this as a hobby. This is my hobby. Podcasting, YouTube channel, the YouTube channel. Uh when I first started doing it was pretty successful for uh what was I? 12. My first um episode, my most popular episode I've ever made has 536 plays, which for me is pretty good. And I know I've straight I've straight off topic. I'll get back to Richard Willis's uh, objection here. I just want to make a point. Every one of the videos after that have over a hundred plays until I stopped uh, after episode four for two years. I come back, do pretty good. Uh, CSE episode one, God of the Gaps has 92 views. Pretty good. Uh, my current status for a lot of these are not nearly as good as it was. Even though I have more subscribers than ever before, 59 subscribers, which again, isn't a whole bunch. But for me, that's a success. I have received, uh, on average, I would say about 20 plays. The last, let's count these up. One, two, three, four, five, six, six episodes. I've received 
30 or less plays. Uh, it's only when I throw atheism into the title where it grows into um, a more popular video relatively. For example, Answering Atheist Objections has 81 views. Uh, Moral Problems with Atheism, 66. I talk about Joseph Smith in one of these episodes, 32. Uh, and I'm just reading this to you guys to show you that I'm very humble about this stuff. I do this because I love doing it. Not because of the views, not because of personal benefit. Uh, the total YouTube channel's plays combined is almost 2,000. It's 1,981 views, which, again, I'm proud of. I'm proud that I have been able to reach that many people. Now, we still have a lot to go. I have big plans in the future for this podcast, and I need you guys' help with that. But going back to this, I don't, I don't care whether uh, the apologists are passionate about what they believe or actually think what they believe. I find them interesting to listen to. I f can always find something I disagree with, at least one of them on. For me, this is my passion. I love doing this podcast for a couple reasons. One, I love Jesus. I love what he has done for me in my life. That's the emotional side. Two, I want to get down to the truth. I want to be able to open up a, a civil and interesting debate with people. That's why I have people, atheists, come on this podcast or Mormons or whoever is willing to come on. That's why I have them on so we can open the discussion. It's not because of personal benefit, if anyone even slightly thinks so. I do this for my listeners, for um, me, for this hobby. Not not for me. And That was a mistake of words. Um, so going back to it, I don't care whether the apologists actually believe it. Uh, I think they do, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, my view on this, Virtual Willis, is that God is the first cause. He doesn't need a cause because if he created space, time, and matter, then he cannot be made of space, time, and matter. You bring up in one of these um, comments on another video that if God was thinking about creating time, then he was using time. Maybe. I don't know, uh, to be honest. It is a very interesting thing to think about. But I do not see any reason why you saying that God breaks his own laws, which if he's supernatural, then he doesn't abide to the laws of, uh, abide to natural laws. That's just the simple definition of it. Um, if God operates uses time in your definition, I still see no problem with it. Yeah, there's some views I would have to change for it. I still see no problem with it. Because in the end, atheism is the lack of belief in gods or goddesses, right? So in the end there, uh, stating that, you still need to explain the cause of the universe and what caused it to happen. And you still have to deal with things like matter. And I have to deal with this too. Matter cannot be created or, or destroyed. So how did the universe come about? If it came from nothing, by nothing, then matter was created. 
Okay, so you have to explain that uh, for me. It's a lot of interesting questions. There are some things I can't explain, and there are some things you can't explain. And that's where I'm going to leave that. Thank you guys for listening to this very interesting episode of Common Sense Christianity. Guys, help us grow, spread the news to your friends, family, neighbors, whoever is interested in common sense. Uh, well, whoever is interested in religion. Actually, don't explain it to your neighbors. Call your neighbors, friends, family, whoever, because you need to stay inside and prevent everybody from getting coronavirus, guys. Pray over this. Stay in prayer. Stay indoors. Stay away from other people, please. It's going to be a while. It's going to be a few months that we have to do this. But, guys, just do it. You will later uh, thank me for telling you this. Thank the doctors for telling you this so our hospitals don't overflow. Uh, just slow it down, guys. Stay in continual prayer. If you have a question, email me at commonsensechristianitypodcast at gmail.com. Check out our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram account. And until next time, I'm Ethan Foster here with Common Sense Christianity. You just listened to an episode of Common Sense Christianity. I'm your host, Ethan Foster, as always, and we love doing this for you guys. Please share the podcast with your friends and family if you like it, and frankly, even if you don't, uh, subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star review so that more people can hear the Word of God. And until next time, God bless you.